want to live for thee.
Lord, keep my charm, my charm. Oh yeah, to speak, speak thy prayer. Oh. house of the Lord one more time that it is good that he woke us up early this morning and started us on our way it is good to be in the house of the Lord just one. I love the Holy Ghost y'all choir just told us it's gonna be all right that I'll make it anyhow is there anybody here that has an anyhow praise? Anybody out there that has an anyhow praise? I might not have what I want, but anyhow, I will make it. Amen, amen, amen. It is good, again, to be in the house of the Lord. Again, I greet you in the name of God, who is our Father of Jesus Christ, who is our, his Son and our Savior, and in the presence of this Holy Spirit. It is Again, good to be in the house of the Lord so that we don't tarry too long and get what God has for us on today. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4. We'll begin our reading today with verse 10. Philippians 4, and we'll begin our reading today with verse 10. From the English Standard Version, the word of God reads thusly, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned that whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. I, any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Just, if I can tag a title to this text and label our lesson this morning, it would be joy in trouble or triumph. Joy in trouble or triumph. As, as, as my one of my favorite pastimes, y'all, is to sit on my couch and watch the television. And as I was sitting on the couch one day watching the television, uh, uh, watching uh, an Animal Planet show, a peculiar sight came on. As 
the, the East African sun, the summer sun, was blazing away, drying up African rivers, and all of the inlets that the rivers had created were drying down to little bitty pools. There was a strange picture on the television set. It was of a baby hippopotamus, little baby girl hippopotamus in the midst of the waters and the muddy conditions and she was frolicking and she was playing and all around her were giant mouths of Nile crocodiles and they would not budge to look upon her and I thought it very peculiar and very strange that this situation that this little hippopotamus was actually looked like she was having fun with all this trouble all around her and I came to help somebody on this morning to let you know that it depends on who you love and why you love him where you can actually be in a situation like that with trouble all around you and you can look like you are living your best life. Uh, we talk about this passage and before we get into the passage itself I want to talk about the writer of the passage because Saul of Tarsus is the writer of this letter well this letter is considered one of his uh, prison letters Paul is not in, in stocks and chains but he is chained to praetorian, praetorian guards he is under house arrest because Jewish leaders have arrested him for preaching the gospel he ain't living his best life now, but you have to see him for what he is. Paul saw himself actually was living his best life before Jesus got to him. He, he was a, a, a citizen of Tarsus, y'all, and in that city he got the best education, the best Greco-Roman education that anybody could have. I'm talking about Saul living his best life. He went to schools because his grandfather and or his father had made it into the Greco-Roman world and he was a Roman citizen even though he had another heritage. I'm talking about he's living his best life. He went to the best school but when he was bar misfit, he moved from Tarsus down to Jerusalem with a relative and he got to actually lead his life in Judaism under the best teacher in all of Jewish parlance. It was Gamaliel who taught Paul the law and I'm trying to see, let you know that he was living his best life. He was a Jew of the Jew, Hebrew of the Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. And not only was he circumcised on the right day, not only was he from a good tribe, but then Saul was a part of the pharisaical group. Saul was a part of this group, and he was the best of the best. And he knew it, y'all. He was living his best life. He was even given letters to go arrest these people of the way. He was given letters to arrest them, but not only his letter gave to arrest them he could also incarcerate them but not only could he just arrest and incarcerate them he was living his best life y'all he could also kill them because they were contradictory to the Jewish law is there anybody know you can live your best life but while one day going to Damascus 
Saul of Tarsus ran into somebody who said, your life is good, but it ain't good enough because I got something for you. Jesus arrested him on the road to Damascus. And from that day, scales gave on his face and he went blind for three days and had to depend on somebody else. Is there anybody here knows that Jesus will stop your progress, but you will think you are living your best life, but he'll give you a better life. Saul is with Ananias. And can't you see him, y'all? He is with Ananias and he has to grope around for three days, wondering what in the world. And Jesus tells Saul and Ananias that I've chosen him that he might be suffer, that he might suffer for my name's sake. In other words, he says that he's mine now and he's going to suffer for my name's sake. In other words, you thought you were living your best life, but I'm about to give you another life. And this life is going to be full of trouble and full of heartache, but it is going to be your best life. And Paul, when he starts the ministry for Jesus, y'all, he goes to a place called Cyprus. And when he gets to Cyprus, the devil himself meets him in Cyprus by the name of a man named Elimus, a, a, a magician who came upon Saul of Tarsus. He had a partner with him, Barnabas. He had a partner with him, Barnabas, and the devil himself came. He was living his best life, y'all. He, so he thought. When he left Cyprus, he went to Iconium. And in Iconium, he was preaching the gospel, and while he was there preaching the gospel, the crowd got so mad at him that they wanted to stone him. And at one point, this persecutor of the church was now being pursued by the very folk who were with him. He leaves Iconium and he goes down to Lystra, y'all. And when he goes down to Lystra, he preaches the gospel there in Lystra. But those who wanted to have him at Iconium caught up with him in Lystra and he was stoned. He went from being blind. He went from being met by the devil. He went from being pursued to be stoned. He went to being stoned. But then on his way, uh, the very partner who stood up for him, Barnabas, Barnabas was with Saul from the beginning. When the church had to qualify Saul, it was Barnabas who stood up and spoke for him. But then Saul and Barnabas then fell out. They unfriended each other on Facebook. They fell out because it was a family situation. Uh, Barnabas' family got in the way, and Saul said, I'm trying to live my best life for Jesus, but I can't do it when somebody don't have the fortitude that I had. Barnabas and Saul fell out. But then one night while he was sleeping, the Lord gave him a vision of a man of Macedonia. And he had to leave Turkey and Asia Minor and go over to Macedonia and when he got there one of the first churches that he got to uh, lay eyes upon was this church in Philippi this small church in Philippi uh, he met first of all there a woman who was the leader of the local body of prayer there named Lydia but not too long after meeting Lydia he met another girl the Bible said that she was possessed by a demon and this good girl, because the demon understood that Paul's life had changed from working to persecute the church to now be a prophetic voice for the church, 
She followed him around and tried her best to get him uh, settled. And Paul eventually turned around, said, this little girl is getting on my nerves and said, devil, come out of her. And he cast a demon out of the little girl. But when he did that, he messed up the fabric of money. Don't you know, sometimes ministry will mess up folks' money. I wish somebody heard me this morning. Sometimes when you do things in ministry, it's going to mess up what the people are doing in the world. It messed up the money. And then they threw Saul and, and, and Silas in jail. And they were in a Philippian jail. And now, can't you see, he's gone from being the big man on campus to being now locked up in jail. And we oftentimes don't realize how Saul was locked up. That he was locked up in a strange way. He was actually in the jail on his back. He was on his back and he had on, he had on, if you will, stocks on his hands and on his feet. He had stocks on his hand and on his feet. And because he had stocks on his hand and on his feet, he could not move. But, but the Bible says that at midnight, Paul now and Silas prayed unto God and sang praises unto the Lord. Is there anybody here that knows that even when you're not living your best life, if you know who's with you, you can still sing in the midnight hour of life under box and under stocks and under bonds. He sings and praises. The Bible says there is an earthquake. I'm trying to help somebody. There is an earthquake. And then because there is an earthquake, Saul and, and all the prisoners are loose from their shackles. They're loose from their shackles, y'all. But then they don't go anywhere. They hang in where they are. This is Paul's introduction to his life in ministry in Philippi. That even when he got to Philippi, everything had not changed for the better for him. But now he is in another kind of prison, writing back to the very folk that he had saved out of that Philippian jail. And he says, I rejoiced in the Lord. Greatly at length how you revive your concern for me. Uh, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. As Paul is speaking of here, the opportunity to give to ministry. That when you were under house arrest, you didn't have the ability to actually earn a wage. And you had to depend on other folk to help you out with money. They had to put money if you will, on the books. And Paul needed some money on his books. But he didn't need money in the sense of he was destitute because he told them later on that not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I'm in, therefore to be content. I want to lead you right here that God will give you peace in the place where you are right now. That if you can learn how to have peace where you are right now, God will give it to you. If you learn how to be, if you will, content with where your life is right now. In other words, Paul had learned that his life in the spirit of God 
now allowed him to rest in God's power. In other words, y'all, when we get saved, God's spirit comes to not only reside in and with us, but God's spirit comes to empower our lives in the faith. It's amazing to me. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is not biblical theology. This is Jason's theology. That I believe that when we come to know who Jesus Christ is, that he comes to live with us, and if his spirit lives with us, all of our gifts, don't miss it, and all of our fruit is already in us. Yet our gifts and our fruit don't all manifest to us early on in ministry, in life, in the spirit, because we have to learn how to watch the spirit and walk step with him so we can mature. That, that, that I don't know too much about fruit, but I know that it don't start off like we have it in the grocery store. That most of the time it starts off as a seed. And it needs some days of sunlight. It needs some days of rain. Is there anybody here that needs to know that you got to grow a little bit? So... He is now growing to the part where he understands that I got everything I need on the inside of me. And particularly, I, I have not only gifts, but I have the fruit of God inside of me. That, 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 that y'all, one of my favorite tennis players is the number one tennis player in the world. He ain't my favorite because he's number one. Novak Djokovic is my favorite because I know part of his story. Novak Djokovic is a Serbian tennis player, y'all. And when he was growing up, he was growing up in the middle of his country's civil war. That the former Yugoslavia broke up and the Bosniaks and the Croats and the Serbs fought one another. And he was a little bitty boy with this great gift in the midst of all this chaos. At night, y'all, he had to shelter in bomb shelters. But, you know, he would lay down with his tennis racket because his teacher said, you're going to be the best tennis player in the world one day. Can't y'all see bombs blasting all around young Novak? But he was there in the midst with his tennis racket with joy because he know if I made it to the morning, I get to practice and play tennis because they would stop bombing during the daytime. And I like him, y'all, because if you've ever watched him play, it don't matter whether he's winning or losing, but his demeanor always stays the same. He has this kind of sheepish grin on his face. And I told y'all, the reason he has a grin is he has gifts. His tennis, his great tennis gift, y'all, is that no matter how hard his contestant hits the ball, Novak has the ability to return the ball. Y'all missing it there? I wish y'all were with me. That no matter how hard the ball came, Novak would just knock it back over. He has the best defensive tennis game in the world. But then what he does is, y'all, no matter how hard they hit it, 
he keeps returning it. And after a while, the very thing that's now bothering him becomes a burden for his contestant. Because every time the ball comes, he just hits it back. And eventually they get tired. Is there anybody here that knows that in your life the devil will hit the rockets at you? But all you got to do is know who's with you. That, 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 that he'll give you peace in the place in which you are. Yet, Paul says, uh, I know how to live when I have abundance. And I know how, he said, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. That God will allow you to persevere on the provisions that he's given you at any time. That God allow you to persevere on the provisions that he's given you at any time. Is there anybody here know, like I know, that every time in life, the coffers at your house are not full of food. That sometimes the month runs faster than your money. That other times your health fails more than you can go to the doctor. But then Paul says, I've learned how to live in either situation. In other words, when I've been brought down low, I know it's the Lord who keeps me. But when I've been brought high, I know it's the Lord who has blessed me. And is there anybody here or out there in the land that knows that with you, when you got the Lord with you, and when you got his provisions providing for you, it doesn't matter if it's little or if it's much, because God will let you allow to have uh, the peace of mind. That one thing I do is, 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 is two of my sons are with me today. And, 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 and they are just like any of your children. They're not perfect, but they're mine. And one thing I've learned to love about them, at least in this sense, I've never really heard them complain about what we might not have. That, you know, y'all, we live in an instant society. Society is so instant that all of us, if we have a phone, all you got to do is have an app that if you don't have a car, you can get on your phone and actually set up a ride or ride share to get away from where you are. We in an instant society, y'all. That if you don't have any food in the house, but if you do have money in the bank, you can get on your phone and there is an app where somebody will bring food to your front door from the local store down the street. Is there anybody know we live in an instant society? That even if you don't have a TV in your house, you can have downloaded on your devices Netflix and you can watch more movies than folk who have cable. That, 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 that the one thing that I love about these children is that they've never come to me and not their mother and said, 
Why is it that we don't have what I'm looking for? And that's one thing I love about them. They learn to live right where they are. And is there anybody here that knows that is the lesson of life in the faith in Jesus Christ? That no matter if you have little or if you have much, if you have plenty or if you are hungry, you need to learn how to live with the provision that he gave you just right now. That, that, that the Lord will give you peace in your place. That the Lord will preserve you with his provision. But finally, y'all, the Lord will give, you, will give you power because of his presence. Paul says that in the last thing, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That I couldn't let you know that wherever you may be, all things you can do. So many times in this text, we see this scripture. And I love when people take scriptures and have their favorites. And this is a lot of folks' favorite scripture. But I think they oftentimes see this scripture only in the triumph of life. They say they can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. When they're looking for the best of the best, they can do all things. But that really ain't the context of the text. Because Paul says, when I have very little, I can still do all things. Through him who strengthens me. That is there anybody here that knows, regardless of where you are in your life, you can still do it. Because it is him who strengthens you. Oh, uh, well, I think it's about time for me to get out of y'all way. But if y'all will, come back to me. Let's go back to East Africa. Y'all remember I told you, it's a little bitty hippo, female hippo, with, with, with crocodiles all around her. At any time, those behemoth crocodiles could snap her up and they could be, she could be their meal. And I wonder, why in the world is a little hippo playing and frolicking and having a good time in the midst of all those crocodiles? But for one thing, she was born in that situation. The very lake and rivers that she lived in, she had to coexist with danger all around her. And I wish I had a witness this morning that all of us were born in such a way that trouble is all around us, but we have God with us. This little girl, this little, this little female hippo, I'm wondering why in the world does she look joyous? Why in the world is she happy? Well, the camera was focusing on her, y'all. And what me and several other folk didn't see as the camera panned back to the right of her there was 3,000 pounds of her mother with 9 inch canine teeth who actually pushed her in the middle of the crocodile because she knew that while the sun is baking everything around us, 
the hippopotamuses have sensitive skin and they need as much water and mud as they can have. In other words, she was having a good time because somebody was with her was more powerful than everything that was around her. And is there anybody here that knows that you can live your best life even with trouble all around you because there is somebody who is right beside you. When you feel like your hope is gone, there is somebody who is right beside you. When you feel like you don't have enough money, there is somebody who will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. When your health is failing, there is somebody who will heal your body and he'll tell you to run on. I'm just trying to let you know this morning that you can have joy in the midst of your trouble and you can have joy even in your triumph because joy is of the Lord. And I wish somebody heard me this morning because in the old church they say this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Is there anybody here that knows I got joy? Joy when I wake up, joy at noonday, joy laid over in the midnight hour. I've got joy, I've got great joy, God's great joy. And is there anybody knows that the joy of the Lord, it is your strength. You can have joy in any and every situation that you're dealing with. That, 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 that the God that we serve will make all things all right. That, 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 that it's going to be all right. That, that even if you're struggling, it is going to be all right. That, that I just need to, I'm trying to help somebody that it's never as bad as it seems. And it's never better than what God can make it. That, that wherever you are, that joy will allow you to have a, 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 a place where you can feel it's going to be all right. When I was, when I was growing up, my my uncle used to sing a song, and, and, and I love the song and still love it today. He said, if the sun don't shine, and if the wind don't blow, oh, oh, as long as Jesus is my pilot. I want you to know that I'll be all right. That's it. He said this. If my friends lose their faith 
it can happen every day and if my family turn their backs on me oh as long as Jesus is my pilot I want you to know I'll be Stand on your feet. All right. Oh, oh. Ooh, if when you give the best of your service, telling the world that the Savior's come, when the battle is fought and the victory is won, it's going to be all right. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all right. like Saul's and you thought that you were living the best you could that the life in Jesus Christ is actually the best life you can ever have but I want to let you know that it's not void of trouble but one thing that's good about it it's always got presence with it that no matter where you go no matter who you are Jesus when you accept him He's right by your side. No matter what tragedy happens in your life, but no matter what trouble comes in your life, he is always right there. And he'll take care of you in the midst of trouble, in the midst of tragedy, but he'll also be with you in triumph. And we invite you to take him in today. The Bible declares that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Uh, in other words, when you accept him, your life just turned out all right. That no matter what you're dealing with, it's going to be all right. Because he's right there with us. Uh, I want to pray for you today. Lord, help us to know that you have gifted us and you have put seed of the spirit in us. 
that, that, that our lives are not always what we want them to be. But our lives are always where you need them to be. That if there is somebody under the sound of my voice, not only in our room, but also online, that they're looking to have a life with Jesus. And they're looking for things to change. And I'm trying to let you know that when you come to love on him, your life has already changed. Your circumstance may not turn out right away. But your circumstance just got better because there's somebody there with you that you can learn to lean on in the time of trouble. But he'll always be there because when he leads you to triumph, he'll be there and be your best cheerleader. Give your life to Jesus. We pray for the brokenhearted. We pray for the poor. We pray for the widow. We pray for the orphan. Somebody who needs something right now. We pray for you because we serve a God that can help you through it. Can make things better. And even make them all right. This is our prayer. We pray it in Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Oh, 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 all right. I'll be, I'll be. Savior has come when the battle is fought and the victory is won it's gonna be all right look like what you want to look but it's gonna be all right oh you may have enough not enough money but it's gonna be all right oh our observance of the Lord's Supper. That, that even where you are, I would encourage you that this is an ordinance of the church. That this is something that Jesus left us to remind us of what he has done for us and what he is still doing for us. Amen. Amen. The blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power.
that gives me strength from day from day to day it will never lose lose it let us pray Heavenly Father we come this day Father God giving you honor glory and praise thanking you Father God for all that you have done and all that you continue to do Father God we come thanking you for placing in our mind and our hearts Father God the ability to remember all that you have done through Christ Jesus Father God remembering that he has paid our sin debt Father God our salvation was free but Father God it cost him his life for he went to Calvary's cross Father God he hung on that cross they crucified him Father God he shed his blood he died but Father God you raised him up on that third day Father God and because of that Father God our sin debt has been paid in full Father God because of that Father God we can take no credit, Father God, but all the credit goes to Jesus. Father God, for we thank you for in him we have the victory. Father God, we pray that you will never let us forget, Father God. We'll always keep it near and dear to our hearts that we owe it all to you. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we pray, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that you will keep our minds on the cross and not on the everyday business that we have to take care of. But keep our mind on the cross, Father God. And we'll always look to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Number one, the blood. Way, way back on 
of love His blood gives me strength From day From day to day Oh, it will Never, 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 never lose Jesus was betrayed that he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body given for you take eat ye all of it and in the same manner the Bible declares he took the cup and he says the cup represents the new covenant in my blood drink ye all of it for the remission of sin Said, and it's for as long as ye do this, that ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. That I want to encourage you, we don't do this just to show his death. We do this in anticipation of his return. Amen. And I know it was the blood. Oh, yes. I know it was the blood. Blood for me, me, oh yes, one day when I will love, Jesus died upon the cross, oh and I know it was the blood, oh yes, 
The blood came streaming down The blood came streaming down Oh, the blood came streaming down For me Oh, one day when Jesus died He hung his head and died. Uh, he hung his head and died. He hung his head and died for me. Ooh, one day. Y'all allow me, I, want, I just want to give you two more. Oh, yeah. Uh, he got up from the grave. Uh, he got up from the grave. Uh, he got up from the grave. you know that we now have our devotionals out for 
all of you, as our pastor oftentimes says, we want you to get yourself a devotional, but also get two more for neighbors and those who you love on daily uh, to be able to pass out the word of God for the people of God to be able to um, get into the word of God. I want to thank the presence of all of you on today. Again, I want to thank God for our pastor and our first lady while they are vacationing. We have been able to contact them and they are doing well. Amen. Amen. Just want to thank all of you, our praise team, for our minister of music, Brother Bush, to all our audio video team. We thank you and thank for all of you for being here and all of you who are online. Thank you for being with us. If you will, uh, it is now time for us to go on living our best lives. Amen. With joy in trouble or triumph. Amen. If you will rest to your feet, God be with you. Present us before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, be glory, be dominion, be authority, and be majesty, both now, henceforth, and forever. And the people of God said, Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church. <laughs> 